Chapter 2 The Sea Grants New Hope Apparently most of the sailors were speaking French, which was odd. A good portion of them who spoke English were from Lower India, a common tongue to soldiers who patrolled our coast during the raids on the rebel towns during India's revolution. The boat was definitely Australian. You can tell from the writing on the sides of the crates that were being shipped. The captain's quarters showed it as well. It said the journey of Australia. The A at the beginning of any word with the circle above it signifies the country as its own continent and the continent as its own country. A unique and dead giveaway for anybody interested in that sort of thing. The ship's name was St. Karina. St. Karina was honored for her unwavering heroism against martyrdom in the name of Jesus Christ in the year 365. It was a gorgeous ship through and through. I can see why the crew worked so hard to keep that boat with such a name sacred. As I looked around, I still kept my eyes peeled for a chance of finding food for myself. I was starving. A few moments later, I heard an arguable voice that stood out from a crowd of blue-capped sailors. Doors swung open at the long end of the ship. The waves slammed on deck, and I finally saw the man of the hour take charge. My little room with a view was away from the cold and stormy weather of the night, right beside a stained glass window looking across the deck. It was high enough where I could stand on my hind legs, but low enough that I could crouch back down if anyone were to look my way. Surprisingly enough, the captain looked as though he was in the Queen's Navy of Britain. I thought this was a merchant ship. I know it was an Australian boat, but this threw things into a different perspective. No matter. I guess as long as it takes me where I want to go. Once more, I dashed out of my crate and decided to meet the man who commanded the ship. Such command must mean a man of strength, honor, fortitude. One that demanded obedience, and yet, as he got closer, he seemed to be approachable, like an old friend you haven't seen for years cross your path on a city street. A dark mane of curls, the broad shoulders they rested upon. A stern face and a bright demeanor formed this man's persona. He looked as though he was ready for anything to come his way. I should be worrying about what I'm ready for, because he's heading my way now. Without hesitation, I darted out close to his feet. He didn't even look down until the last second. His eyes were fixed astern, starting and staring at the rough seas we left and that still surrounded us. Suddenly I felt a sharp pain in my ribs and his boots went right into my side. He stopped, looked down, picked me up, and like magic, I was in his arms. Looking back, I would never have guessed at my stars that this could have went as well as it did. His name was James Foreman, Captain Foreman had five dogs at home in New Zealand, just like me. Apparently when he was stationed there, he fell in love with the location and settled down with family, finding some dogs to go hunt with. Can you guess what dogs he chose? Just like me, they had short ears, a long, thin, pointy tail, forgiving eyes and dark color fading to light from back down to the paws. That fit his style of friend just fine. He handed me off to his first mate, who in turn with a look of disgust, threw me to the youngest lad aboard, Scotty. That's how the day ended, in the arms of a little boy, like a new toy on Christmas Day. As the next full day out of sea proceeded, I saw some of the most wonderful things. Dolphins gliding on our wake, sea turtles like lily pads in a wide ocean view in the sunsets, made tears come to my eyes the following days. Sadness welled in my heart, though, as I thought of my pups back home. 
Days passed and my passion for voyaging increased because one consuming thought was to find who I was searching for. Will I ever return home with the ease as I have ventured out to meet my friend? Let us hope it is so. Captain, the tides are not unforgiving but still upset our sails with aggressive natures, shouted a ship's mate. Jim, do not let yourself worry of the things that only God controls. We can only be guided by his hand and prepare, prepare for what he may bring us, replied the captain. The seas were getting a little smoother as time went on, and I was able to walk about the ship a little longer. Apparently, our course was marked by a map, outdated, and sold to the ship by another merchant vessel. The captain walked downstairs to his cabin to view it, and I followed. The map was of particular interest for me, because of the colors and the details. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. I could not help to notice as I watched the captain survey its routes. I could tell I was just as curious as he was to know what history had passed with the map's marked destinations. The wind outside was picking up indeed, and the clouds seemed to pass in the opposite direction as the captain and I stayed a little longer in his quarters. He was marking a few lines over top of the last entries made by someone else. The map had gold lining, silver stars, and was at a grand size, almost fitting across the entire wall of the captain's room. You could see all the places that were once visited by the previous shipmaster and his crew. Being accompanied by Scotty, I had this time to look around. Look around Captain Foreman's quarters with him just before the captain left. Just a few moments later, Scotty was done with his chores and he left as well. I noticed another interesting piece in the cabin while I still had time to look. A chest of coin lay below in the cabin's back corner, with the only single mark of S next to its iron lock. The coins and gold medallions almost bursting at the seams could have come from anywhere. The end of this day is near, and I decided to find a place back on deck to watch the men work. The sailors were hard at work, brushing, washing, nodding, and waiting for dinner. Another shout from one of the crew members, like one I heard earlier, fell on my ears, and everyone stopped what they were doing and became silent. Martine, the young man working on the ship's main mast, shouted down to us all, So, time has come once again, lads. In unison, the crew, before the sun began to pass the horizon, belting lyrics, sang the hymn of the ship's history. A story for a fair maiden, the salt water's arms, and a never-ending wind flow to lead us across the sea's horizons, read across the main mast at its trunk. Then at once, time to fight or time to run, we chose to leave the war. Time to fight or time to run, we chose the next exotic shores of trade. Time to fight or time to run, it is now time to win our way. Do not fret, my friends of old, and do not be afraid. The winds of life will push our day. Ho, ho, let joy and prosper reign. The sailors sang on, and the captain sat with his night's wine, looking to the stars and savoring the moment, cheering on the men. The captain was a good man. I could tell. He reminded me of someone I knew, the same person I was after, the one I'll tell you about now.